You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's great to be here with all of you this evening. Uh, before we get started, a reminder to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of women leaders. These are corporate partners who bring valuable and exciting news from their industries every week, and we continue to be so grateful for their support. If you're interested in learning more about our watch team and how you can be a part of the show, feel free to email taylor at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now I am very excited and honored to welcome to the show, Carol Alexis Chen. Carol is a partner with Winston and Strawn Law Firm in LA, and she's joining us from LA. Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sue. It's so great to be here, and I'm so honored to be a part of your amazing program. 
Well, thank you. And um, you and I have had a couple conversations prior, and I'm excited to have you. Your your career and the work that you do is extremely, it's not only extremely important, but it's fascinating to me. And um, we will get into that, but I want to start with a little bit of your background so our listeners get to know where you came from and who you are. And I know that you're a from LA, you grew up in, in California, and you talk a lot about the influence of your parents. And I thought we could start with your dad and um, tell our listeners about the likeness you see of yourself in him. Sure, I would love to. So I actually talk a lot about my parents, uh, especially my dad, because I think I am a lot like him. Um, I am the third of three children, so I have a sister and a brother. And my parents, um, like I think with a lot of immigrant families, made a lot of sacrifices uh, for their children. And so when I was very young, my parents, uh, even though they stayed married up until uh, my father passed away about five years ago, they made the decision uh, that while my dad went to live abroad due to work, my mom was going to stay uh, here in Los Angeles to continue to raise me, my brother and my sister, just to give us a little bit more stability and to have a great education here in the United States. So uh, so I was I've always been very close to both of them. Uh, but everybody always says I look uh, more like my dad and I my personality is more like his. He was very social, very gregarious. Um, I always say to people, they always laugh that I can't sit still. And I think I get that from him. Uh, he just had a lot of energy uh, and loved people and loved uh, talking to people, meeting people. Um, and he uh, was a foreign diplomat. Uh, he was a diplomat for another country. Uh, and he studied law when he was younger. Uh, and I think in some ways I have had that career that he probably originally dreamed for himself, especially mm. when I was a prosecutor. Um, when I was at the Department of Justice, I think he was probably happier and more proud than probably I was, in fact. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, so your dad being a diplomat, he was away a lot. As a matter of fact, I, I understand that he lived away for, for quite some time. What was that like as a child? Um just for him to be physically missing from the home? You know, so that is a interesting question because I think that had a lot of, uh, that that was a big influence on me and I think the way that um, I grew up and the kind of person I am today. Uh, and it's not like a, you know, a bad thing. I mean, obviously it's always great to have a nuclear family and I think to have, you know, families um, sort of eating dinner together all the time. And that's just not the family that I grew up in. You know, like I said, my parents made a lot of sacrifices for us and they, you know, chose to live physically apart for most of my childhood for, you know, to make uh, their children's lives better and to give us more opportunities. And so my dad traveled a lot when uh, I was very young. And then he eventually uh, was transferred to London, which, of course, I took advantage of when I was in law school on the East Coast. I would go uh, and visit him, quote unquote. But then, of course, I'd then find my way to other European countries. Uh, but when he you know, was away traveling and then when he moved, my mom, you know, in many ways was uh, essentially almost like a single mother raising three very young children. Um, mm. You know, as I said, I'm the third of three 
and um, we definitely, you know, didn't want for anything. Uh, so, but in that, but she, you know, um, had to raise three very young kids on her own. And I think at a very early age, I had a very strong woman as a role model. Um, and she, um, you know, never, uh, you know, made sure that her kids had everything, made a lot of sacrifices, also was extremely compassionate. And so I think I learned very early on, Sue, uh, about sacrifice and about mm-hmm. it's not always about yourself, right? It's always about the greater good and try to do good for others. And my parents really, I think, instilled that in me at an early age, just with the fact that we didn't have a really conventional family. Um, And I think, you know, and I said this to you before, Sue, I think it also taught me at a very early age that I didn't necessarily have to leave to lead a very typical life. I didn't really have to make sure I fit into a box. Um, You know, you and I talk about this a lot, and I think this is why I really love your program. You you try to empower women. um, And a lot of times society and other people try to put women in a box. They have stereotypes for us. They have a lot of expectations. And I think I learned fairly early on um, that I didn't have to fit a lot of these stereotypes. My family, we were always super, super close. We still are today, despite sort of not having the typical family arrangement. Yeah. It's interesting, though, as you're describing that, I'm thinking we're getting further and further away from the typical family. You know, there's just so many types of families today, which which is great for children who don't think they're being raised in what you know, what is typical, I guess. You know, that's probably a whole other conversation. I want to share this quote. You said, I've also become more like my mother as I've matured and gotten older, and I can appreciate moments of solitude and have grown a little more introspective. So what have you learned about yourself? That is such a great question. I think part of it for me was, you know, as a female prosecutor, I specialized in large-scale gang cases, drug cartel, money laundering. And so I was often the only woman in a room. And so I think as a female prosecutor, you know, you're sort of, you're coming, you know, toe-to-toe with not only, um, you know, gang members, drug cartel members, but also I was frankly, you know, leading teams that were frankly all male. And I think in that kind of atmosphere, Sue, it's kind of hard to express vulnerability And, you know, to be more introspective, you sort of have to be really out there and to be proactive. And I think as I've grown older, um, and I I think also with the pandemic, really, uh, you know, because I think everybody's sort of started to rethink some of their priorities. Uh, But, you know, what's the saying that, you know, I feel like I'm becoming more like my, my mother. And so as I've grown older, and I do think that in many ways, I am becoming more introspective. Um, You know, she's always been one who has a lot of friends and she's very socially active, but she loves just sitting, you know, um, you know, on a Sunday uh, afternoon reading a book. Uh, And I've grown to really relish those moments. You know, our lives are such hustle bustle. I'm always multitasking. And frankly, it's nice to just sort of find a corner uh, and sit there and read I'm a news junkie, so I can read the Sunday New York Times for hours and hours. Uh, I also ended up taking up a little bit of gardening, if you can believe it. I am. Oh, that's great. 
I have the worst green thumb, Sue. But during the <laughs> pandemic, uh, you know, I find myself in the garden and I've sort of, you know, now have a lot of uh, tomatoes and avocados. So I don't know if it's a maturation thing or if it's just, you know, me becoming more comfortable more and more in my old, own skin. Um, yeah. You know, and because I always used to say this, Sue, that I, when, especially when I was younger, I didn't really do a lot of things by myself. A lot of women, you know, go watch movies on their own, go eat on their own. I never really did that because, as I said, I'm a really social being. Uh, and I used to joke to my friends that maybe it's because I don't really, you know, enjoy being with myself. Uh, I like other people more. But I think now as I've grown older, I've grown to appreciate, I think, you know, like like you said, moments of solitude and being by myself and learning to that it's okay to be by myself and to enjoy being with myself. Yeah. I Listen, we're going to go into our first break. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. That's a really interesting topic. Stay with us for our watch team and we'll be back with Carol Alexis Chen. Again, she's an attorney and a partner with Winston and Strawn in LA. We'll be right back. Now the women to watch. Finance Watch. Finance Watch. At Penn Community Bank, we're committed to giving you the tools and resources you need to succeed financially. While there are several components to your financial health, your credit score, and building it, maintaining it, or repairing it should be at the top of your list. Credit is key to accomplishing your goals and dreams, like buying a home or car, borrowing money to continue your education, or embarking on your journey of independence. When you have a strong credit score, the possibilities are endless. If you are just starting out or don't have credit in your name yet, here is something to consider. Next time you're at a retail store you frequent, apply for a store credit card. Make sure you're aware of all the details, like monthly payment due date and interest rate. Put a small balance on this credit card and pay it off in full every month. Just like that, you're starting to build credit. Have credit but trying to improve it? Limit how often you apply for new accounts and aim to keep your credit utilization, or the portion of credit available to you that you're using, under 30%. Most importantly, know what's working against you and what factors are weighing your score down. Once you've built your credit, strive to maintain the highest score you can. A score of 700 and above shows lenders that you're a low-risk customer to loan money to and at a competitive interest rate, too. Remember, a strong credit score is your opportunity to get ahead and be financially independent. Penn Community Bank. Here we are and here we grow. Women to Watch. watch. Sports Watch. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jen Welter, and you are listening to Sports Watch. It is a lot of pressure because, you know, as I say, um, it's, it's starting to be trendy now to hear women say, oh, the first and not the last, right? But I've been living in the space of first for well over seven years now, right? Being the first woman to play in men's pro football, all that stuff. And what's challenging about that is the reason why it's so important to say first and not last is because you as the first do not want to be the reason why you are also simultaneously the last. We had a girl once, but dot, dot, dot. And this is why that door is firmly closed for all of those who might try and, you know, enter this place in this space thereafter. And that is a very scary and very tough position to be in, Right. And so that's why it is so important to be first and to be good so that there is a second, third, and fourth. And so 
I always say that, that there is pressure, but having played for a very long time on the Dallas Diamonds, which was my football team, um, I would look at it and just say, like, if they knew what we would become, they never would have put us under so much pressure because a diamond is a direct result of pressure. Follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Welcome back, and thanks for listening this evening. I'm joined by Carol Alexis Chen, and Carol is an attorney and a partner with Winston and Strawn. And uh, just before the break, you said something that that struck me because I think it's very common for, and maybe not just women. People in general seem to be very uncomfortable just being alone with their thoughts. And, um, you know, you have many roles. You are extremely busy. Um, You're a mother. You're an attorney. You're a speaker. You're a mentor. You're a volunteer. You're a board member. You're an award winner. You know, as I'm reading about your background and I'm looking at all these different roles you play, I wanted to ask you if you are joyful and thriving in the busy, or do you feel obligated somehow to be doing all that? Such a great question, Sue. First of all, just to clarify, uh, I have been a mother to fur babies, but I actually don't have oh. any. Uh, you don't have any real. Yes, okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I will say, but but other than that, everything else was was accurate. So you know, I, people always ask me, right? Like, when do I ever sleep? And I think I always joke uh, because I actually do think that uh, I find humor um, sort of gets us through life, and I just you know I, I try to employ humor uh, and try to see humor in everything. And I always joke that there's a lot of upside to being an insomniac, uh, which I have lifelong been. And so I don't really need to sleep a lot. So I actually am busy in a lot of different things, as you said, boards, bar committees, uh, community service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I find it easy to do that uh, when you're passionate about what you do. And I am very intentional in terms of uh, what I support, the causes that I support, um, like you, Sue, Uh, And again, which is why I think I love sort of uh, having met you, because I think we share the same goals of trying to empower and inspire other women. I've certainly had a lot of women um, empower and inspire me. And I think it's all about, you know, paying it forward to the next generation. So I find I do find joy. uh, I do thrive, I think, out of being very busy. But I will honestly also say that I also get exhausted, both mentally and physically. And I do think that one thing I haven't been the best about is taking care of myself um, and also about meditation. You know, like I said, I am constantly running around. That's been sort of what I've been doing in my entire life, you know, running from one thing to the next, multitasking. And I think precisely Sue, because of what you said, you know, most of us think like, oh, if we're not moving around and doing constantly doing something, scheduling something, you know, 24 seven, we are not being productive people. And it's actually sometimes just the opposite, right? You need to sort of take a break, Mm -hmm. um, sit there, think about your next moves and think about like, am I being productive with what I'm doing with my time? Am I being, am I happy? 
with what I'm doing? Do I need to find, you know, something different to do? Do I need a change? Do I need to reinvent myself? And so this is something that I've, I think, really tried to work on for myself the last couple of years, especially. You know, I hate to say silver lining for pandemic because it's been so terrible um, for right. a lot of different people, for the economy. But I will say that pandem- the pandemic has really, you know, empowered me to sort of, I think, take some moments sometimes to myself and think, is this, you know, should I get off the path a little bit and, you know, slow down a little bit? And because mm-hmm. I do think, as you said, Sue, there is this thinking, you know, prevalent out there that we got to constantly be doing something. You are actually not accomplishing anything if you just sit still. Correct. And and we think less of ourselves. I mean, the perception of society is that you're just not, you know, if you're not constantly doing doesn't matter what, um, you're somehow less than. And and I just don't believe that. You know, I, I wanted to talk to you about fear. You know, when you said to me, sometimes I'm feeling exhausted and tired. I think that fear and stress make us tired. And in your job, you're dealing with some of the worst, you know, um, of society. Um, As a prosecutor, you you mentioned the, uh, you know, Mexican mafia, street gangs. That's, you know, I want to ask you if you ever have fear in those dealings with those cases, because that can be dangerous. And then how do you separate that from your just regular personal life fear? And how do you manage it? You know, so when I, so I've left um, my former positioned as a uh, prosecutor for about a year now. And I'm still kind of, um, you know, looking back on it and and thinking about my career. I was there for about 15 years. And as you said, um, I prosecuted some of the worst offenders. Um, I did a murder trial, uh, you know, before I left. Um, I prosecuted street gangs and drug cartel members. I mean, I um, had death threats. Um, I had a my car was vandalized. Um, I did a lot of wiretaps and we overheard um, over the wiretaps conversations about the prosecutor. That would be me. Um, so, wow. you know, it was a, it, it could be scary, but I think, again, you know, for me, it's about living my life. I think, you know, obviously being careful and taking precautions um, and, but not, you know, living out of fear. Um, I I really love those cases because I felt like I was really doing mar- my part to try to keep communities safer, um, to um, vindicate the rights of crime victims. Uh, but there definitely is a little bit of fear. And I do think that fear can be productive, right, Sue? Um, you know, even like, you know, adrenaline is, I, I think oftentimes is a helpful uh, thing. And um, fear gets us to be prepared, right? Uh, fear makes us careful about things. And so I think when I was a prosecutor, you know, I frankly didn't think too much about it. Um, I did what I needed to do to uh, sort of stay, to, to be careful about things. But I will also say the other thing is, you know, what I found out, and this is, I think, one of the biggest takeaways for me as a prosecutor, I think people outside, you know, looking in think, oh, all a prosecutor does is put people in prison. We, of course, do that. Um, And I do think that some people, you know, unfortunately need to, you know, go to prison for a little bit um, before they find their way. 
But I will also say that I learned that a lot of my defendants were not that different from me. You know, Sue, I am very grateful for the opportunities that I had, especially growing up. I had, a, like we've talked about, I had a very strong you know, family network. But oftentimes, um, you know, defendants kind of get into a bad way. Um, you know, a lot of the gang uh, defendants I had basically at 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, they didn't really have a strong. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Family system, a lot of them, frankly, were orphans or didn't have father figures. And the gang swooped in and took advantage. And so for me, you know, being a prosecutor, I just learned a lot. I learned about fear, of course, and about managing it. Uh, but also, frankly, about in, we're all not that different. And then in terms of your second part of your question about, you know, regular fear, I, I really I have to say, you know, and not this is not bravado or anything. I, I'm I'm scared of insects and spiders for sure. But uh, other than that, <laughs> I will you're say, brave. You're I, brave. <laughs> I also, other than that, you know, like, for example, people always ask me, like, how was I able to look at crime scene photos or autopsy photos. I think we're just wired differently. I didn't really have a problem with that. Obviously, I felt bad for the people, you know, that I was looking at. But, you know, I think people just are wired differently. I'm probably more scared of lizards, insects uh, than, <laughs> than, you know, looking at that type of, you know, those types of imagery. And I yeah. do think so, you know, in the, in the real life, we're all, we've all got our own fears and they think you just have to, to just manage it, um, you know, having sort of support, uh, you know, from wherever it is, friends, family, and also just not letting it overrun your life because you just got to keep on, you know, moving forward. Yeah, what, we're going to go into our next break. When we come back, I want to ask you about the people. You, I have kind of a, a question. Um, in light of what happened this week in New York, in Brooklyn, which was very close to home mm-hmm. and a little scary, um, I want to get your take on something. Stay with us for our watch team, and we will be back with Carol Alexis Chen. Now, the women to watch, military watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. As we continue to recognize the month of the military child, which is this April, I want to take a moment to highlight the military children who end up with a job they never asked for, which is being a caregiver to their parent. 
According to the White House, there are 2.3 million American children who have taken on crucial caregiving roles in their military-connected families. These kids are often caring for a veteran parent with challenging medical conditions to provide emotional, physical, and sometimes even financial support, and all of this often goes unseen. One of Comcast's partner, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, refers to these kids and all military caregivers as hidden heroes, and that's just what they are. One such hidden hero is Rihanna Alvarado, a preteen from Long Beach, California, who helps take care of her father, Brian. Brian is a former Marine sergeant who has had a long battle with throat cancer following a deployment to Iraq. He is one of the tens of thousands of victims of burn pit exposure. Now, burn pits were used to dispose of everything from metals, plastic, toxic chemicals. And Brian is now unable to speak and can only breathe through a tracheal tube. When Brianna isn't focusing on her schoolwork, she draws characters for prints and shirts that she sells with the help of her mother to bring in extra income for the family. She also supports her dad when he goes out in public, often speaking for him at his medical appointments, pharmacy visits, and general shopping. Rihanna is far from alone. Millions of children have been cast in these roles that they never asked for. In his film Sky Blossom, NBC and MSNBC anchor Richard Louie documents the stories of several military child caregivers whose lives are anything but conventional. To learn more where you can view, visit skyblossom.com. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm having a wonderful conversation with Carol Alexis Chen. Again, she's a former prosecutor. She is a lawyer and a partner at Winston and Strawn. And, um, you know, Carol, you have a very inside look into people who end up um, somehow in prison. And I often think, you know, when we see and hear the stories similar to what happened this week in, in Brooklyn on that subway, that the people kind of fall into a, a categories. And I would say there are obviously people with mental issues, and there seems to be more since COVID. Um, I think when you're dealing with white collar crime, you probably see a lot of people that are just greedy, right? And Absolutely. it's just, yeah. right, greed. And then there's probably some evilness in the world. Tell, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Would you say that that's kind of true, that people fall into these categories and um, what can we learn from it as far as helping, making a difference? Yeah, you know, I I try to not think about things in terms of categories or labels, but I do think that it runs the gamut. There are some people, you know, who clearly have mental health struggles, um, drug addiction struggles that cause them to do things that obviously are illegal. They really shouldn't. And I think if they get the help that they need, um, they could be rehabilitated. Um, and so there's a segment of, you know, society where um, prison likely isn't the solution, right? It's more to get them the, the help they need. Um, and I think overall, for me, I've always tried to see law as hopefully being a vehicle for motivation and for for hope, actually, um, you know, it shouldn't always be punitive, right? Um, mm -hmm. But there are some other crimes where, you know, like murder, I find is a just a really tough, I think, crime to come back from. 
um, you know, when and, and especially mass murders, right? Or, um, you know, obviously for me, what cl- hits close to home is the anti-Asian hate um, spike um, everywhere, really, but especially, uh, you know, in the bigger cities in New York, um, in D.C., in L.A., in San Francisco, and it's just really demoralizing, um, you know. And so there are a lot. There's a lot going on in this world right now, Sue. And I think you know, there are some people who I think just need more help, and then there are others who, as you said, um, are taking advantage of really terrible situation. You know, right. there's a lot of you know. You talked about white collar crime. There's obviously been a lot of people who have taken advantage of the pandemic, for example. Uh, and and have gotten loans that they that were slated for small businesses and um, and that's just pure pure and simple greed, right? right. And yes. I have to, and I have to say I have a lot less um, sympathy for those kinds of criminals as opposed to those who you know probably need the help that they haven't been getting uh, and also are doing it out of um, just survival. We've obviously heard about situations where people steal. Um, to be able to eat. So there's just a lot of a different spectrum. And as you pointed out, it just occurred, you know, uh, what happened in Brooklyn, which is just a terrible tragedy. Yeah. Do you have hope that, I mean, um, well, let me ask you this. Do you think we're seeing more crime um, and that there that there is more because of the pandemic or does it appear that way because we can actually see what's happening every day, all day long on the news? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I definitely think that studies have shown there have uh, been an increase in certain types of crime, particularly violent crime. There's been a lot of um, the smash and grab. There's been a lot of the follow home robberies, at least here in Los Angeles. And I think a lot of it is taking advantage of the pandemic um, and also in terms of of um, a lot of people lost their jobs. And so, you know, they're, they're desperate. That's not an right. excuse, but I think that does explain it. And then I think, you know, in terms of, um, you know, what you said, Sue, uh, we're, you know, hopefully getting out of the pandemic, but for the last couple of years, all of us pivoted fairly quickly to, you know, online and working remotely. And that created different types of crimes, right? Um, there was a huge increase in, um, uh, ransomware, for example, and also in Zoom bombing. Uh, you know, sadly, there was a lot of uh, exploitation of children online. A lot of human trafficking crimes increased mm. because children became more vulnerable. They were out yes. of schools. They were walking around. Yes, we we actually had a guest on the show who was talking about that. Um, do you ever see yourself doing something different? leaving law? Because I've had quite a number of former attorneys. Such a great question, Sue. I actually ask myself that, you know, quite a bit these days. I think mainly because I I will probably never have another job where I've been at for 15 years. That was just a not planned. And so, you know, now that I've been in this job for a year, I'm happy what I'm doing. I especially love having a platform and a voice to support causes um, and communities that I really believe in, because um, you know, not not everybody has a radio show, amazing like you, Sue. Uh, but you know, I do think about it. You know, I love. Uh, I'm a huge animal lover, um, and so you know, I think I eventually. I always say this. My sister and I always say this to each other. 
my one of my bucket list goals is probably to create a, a nonprofit foundation that helps both humans and animals. And I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but that's something that I that I really think that my next chapter, whenever it is, I would like to try to do. That's awesome. Um, we're going to go into our last break. Stay with us for our watch team, and we'll be back with Carol Alexis Chen. Now, the women to watch. Marketing Watch. Finding your brand's purpose. Hi there, my name is Diana Barnes, or DB as most people call me, and I'm the Chief Brand Officer and Creative Director at Munchkin, the world's most loved baby lifestyle brand for over 30 years. We know that companies who give back to causes that are important to their consumers tend to grow faster, have increased brand loyalty, and attract top-tier talent. But what if your company's corporate giving is fragmented or non-existent? The former was the case when I joined Munchkin seven years ago. The company made donations to organizations, but there wasn't a strategic approach to its giving efforts. Sometimes a company's choice for philanthropic support, commonly referred to as CSR or corporate social responsibility, is evident. A shoe company donates sneakers to children in need, for example. At Munchkin, we leaned into less obvious choices. Just like the parents that use our products, we're concerned now more than ever about the world we're leaving to our children. Ensuring that at-risk and endangered animals survive for future generations is a primary pillar of our CSR. Our product line, Wild Love, infuses our devotion to animal welfare with our most successful products, our 360 Miracle Cups. The line is solely focused on educating families about these at-risk species and supports our biannual donations to the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Our philanthropic efforts also support Trees for the Future and the building of the world's first whale and dolphin safe haven through the Whale Sanctuary Project. We make these contributions because it's important to our founder, our employees, and our consumers. When I tell people where I work, they either recognize our brand from our most popular product, the No Spill 360 Cup, or they know us as the baby brand that cares about animals. Either is a win-win in my book. When it comes to defining CSR efforts for your company, don't be afraid to look beyond the obvious places or ways to give. Commit to a cause and to ongoing long-term donations. Find reputable organizations to give to by searching on GuideStar or Charity Navigator. Get your employees involved with volunteer opportunities and share milestones and accomplishments with your consumers. After all, they're the ones that make the giving possible. To learn more about all of Munchkin's CSR work, please visit us at munchkin.com. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by Carol Alexis Chen, and she is an attorney. And I want to talk about uh, women, and I know that it, it is a cause that's important to you to to support and to help. And um, I really feel like if, if we were to tap more into the intellect of women in all industries across, you know, all areas, that um, we will have a better world. And so my first question for you, why is it important to you? What do you think will be different if we have more women um, in positions of leadership, sitting on boards? Great question, Sue. So I will say first off that, um, and I I can't remember if I had mentioned this, but when I was a prosecutor, so I had uh, various supervisory roles. And the last one I had was 
uh, being the first female chief in office history of my section. And this was 2019. And I say this not to boast, but rather uh, it makes me a little sad, right? That in 2019, we still have to talk about firsts. And of course, we just saw the first um, you know, with regards to the Supreme Court. And so for me, I think it is really important to continue, first of all, to inspire um, the younger generations that anything is possible. Um, if I could share a quick anecdote, uh, when I was a prosecutor, uh, I was a facilitator for a program pro- called Project Lead. And I would te- help teach um, fifth grade fifth graders uh, particularly from underrepresented communities about the criminal justice system uh, and about how to make uh, good choices. And for one of these uh, lessons, Sue, I was uh, standing up and I was talking about, you know, what I did, the fact that I prosecuted gangs um, and drug cartels, et cetera. And I had always noticed there was a really quiet, shy looking um Girl, And I saw her teacher's assistant um, lean forward and say to her and whisper to her, see, she's a girl, too. You really can do whatever you want. And I say this because that to me, whenever I think about it, I still, you know, I'm not a very emotional person, but I I get a little choked up when I think about that, because I actually do think it's important for women uh, to show the next uh, generations that, you know, you really can be anything you want to be, which is obviously easier said than done. And so I think to have women in various leadership roles across all sorts of different industries is really important because representation matters. And I think modeling, you know, uh, behavior and modeling leadership uh, positions that uh, other women and young girls can aspire to be is so important. And that's why I also think, Sue, that your program is so important because you are sharing stories of different women from all walks of life, um, you know, trying to keep pushing forward and, and moving forward. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think one of the things um, that impedes it often is just that lack of confidence, right? Talk a little bit about that and how you, you know, what types of things can we be saying to young girls to, you know, to help them actually believe it? Because there is a lot of uh, resources today for young girls and women. There are books, there are networking groups, conferences, but I think it starts with that belief. And I think that's exactly right. Um, I'm a huge fan of the phrase, fake it till you make it. Um, You know, and sadly, that that is just true, right? I mean, nobody is going to know uh, if inside, you know, your stomach is full of butterflies. You just got to get out there and do it and also not be afraid to fail. Um, I, you know, everybody has their fair share of you know, failures and successes. And I think you actually learn more with the failures. And I think that we have to say to the younger generation, particularly young girls, that you don't have to be perfect, right? Um, it used to be back in the day that there was this image of the perfect girl, you know, what, what you, the expectations are, right? You have to get married at a certain age. You have to, you know, go for the white picket fence. You have to have... 2.5 kids and maybe 1.5 dogs, you know, et cetera. 
And you know, Sue, there's just no formula, right? You just right. have to, and you have to just be confident. You, I mean, that's the hardest thing I have to say. You know, there have been times where I've gone up, you know, in my very first trial, Sue, I was terrified. I bet. Right? I was and thinking it, that did you have yeah. that um, fake it to, in, when you had to, you know, um, when you were in trial and you, you know, had to, um, put on, I don't want to say put on a show, but what's the yeah. word I'm looking for? You know, I think it's put on a show, Sue. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the first trial I ever did, I was terrified. I probably wasn't even that good at it. Right. I think practice, the more you practice, the better. But I also think here's the thing, you know, the person, you know, across from you, doesn't know what you're feeling inside, you're right? right? And I yes. think I think you just have to muster that inner strength and confidence. And I think everybody is different. You know, there's a lot of different, like you, you said, there's a lot of books out there and guidance. You know, some there's some silly things, but it actually works for me. And what I found out is, you know, right before I went to trial or if I did a really big opening statement or, or, or a witness examination, I actually would go into the bathroom and I kid you not, Sue, I would do five quick jumping jacks you know oh, yeah. to, that that is a big thing to increase the flow you know people yes. talk about women doing the wonder woman pose yes they all sound silly that's but they amy, actually... amy cuddy she was a guest on the show did you okay. read her book yeah i i have not yet but oh. that's on my list you, but you'll you know, like though, that but those are things you know there's some physical things where blood circulation but there's also like you just kind of got to psych yourself up because i have to say most men probably don't have to do that they just have that inner confidence. And I think, Sue, exactly what you said for women, a lot of times, it's the not having enough confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, We just have a minute left. And I I just wanted to ask you, you know, out of all the things you're involved in, and there's quite a few outside of your uh, practicing law, what is the cause that's most dear to your heart? That is that is a Sophie's Choice question, Sue. That is so hard, uh, because I have so many that I really, really love. Uh, but I will say that it is empowering women uh, and young girls uh, and also children. So if you look across all of my community service board uh, memberships and bar association, it literally has the same theme, which is trying to empower and inspire the younger generations uh, to you know try to do whatever it is that they want to do and to be confident in what they're doing. Um, and so a lot of my activities outside of my job is just that. Um, yeah. As part of my job, I will say, and I'm very proud of this, um, I'm the new global co-chair of what we call the Winston Asian Leadership Initiative. And that's to, uh, we work, I work very closely with the diversity and inclusion committee uh, to help hire, uh, retain and promote uh, people of Asian uh, American Pacific Islander descent, and of course, especially uh, women. And so I'm, I'm very proud of all of that. And I, I, I will say the last message I will say is anybody can do it. Uh, anybody can find their cause that they're uh, interested in and, and, you know, try to do some good. Yeah. Well, listen, you're doing great work and I'm so appreciative of your coming and sharing your story and all the great advice um, because it, I'm sure it's going to resonate with our listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sue. This was such a great experience and I really enjoyed it. That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my interview with Mariah Tanner, the CEO of Star Harbor Space Academy. Have a great week. 
Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.